guys, on this episode of Black and Behind the Scenes, we discuss Prince Harry and Oprah's partnership with Apple TV Plus and their new mental health series, as well as Howard University's new partnership with Lion King. And we're also going to highlight in our spotlight segment, John Davis, filmmaker, writer, and director, extraordinaire. And then also in the spoiler alert, we're talking Donald Glover's Guava Island featuring Rihanna. And then also Little with Marseille Martin, Regina Hall, and Lisa Ray. We'll hear our thoughts on those two films. So, yeah, stay tuned. I'm Brittany. And thank you for tuning in for another episode of Black and Behind the Scenes. Yes. Yes. So how's it going, Brittany? What's up? You know, the same old, same old. Today I had the pleasure of um, waiting over an hour, probably over an hour and a half in the DMV today. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that was always fun. (laughs) Um, Brought up a lot of pet peeves of mine. Mm. Like, I'm not a parent. So I hate speaking on things that people should be doing with their kids. But let me tell you what you should be doing with your kids. Controlling them? Control your goddamn kids. (laughs) And then if you're going to bring devices for your children to look at or play on, bring headphones. Nobody wants to hear all that ding-donging and all that shit. I don't want to hear it. That is like top five. One of my pet peeves is when people play media from their phones and they don't have a headphone. Yeah, I think it's so rude and it's so inconsiderate. Mm -hmm. We are in the DMV and we are waiting for hours and I've got to listen to this fucking ping pong, ping pong. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just... I'm just annoyed. I'm still annoyed by it, obviously. But listen to me. If you have children and you're going to have the device for them, have the headphones. It's so simple. It's simple, courteous mm, yeah, behavior. Just do it. I just. Common courtesy. You know? I just had to woo-side that because it was on my heart and my mind. I see. And I'm glad um, you got that out. I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't. She said a ping pong. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Jeez, what's been going on with you? Oh, what has been going? Oh, nothing much. Um, no, nothing fun. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-mm. I can't really. <laughs> no, can't put a finger on it. Nope, nothing really. Okay. Yeah. So just life. Just yeah, just life. Um, I'm happy that the weather's changing. I actually switched out my clothes this week. Oh, um, you better so, than me. Oh, really? You haven't done it yet? No, but I need to because I'm pretty sure there's an Easter dress in there I need to find. So, wait a minute. So, I didn't realize, like, a coworker of mine, I was telling her how um, she complimented, complimented me on my sweater that I wore, like, a week ago. And she was like, and I said, well, I can't wait until I get to switch out my clothes. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I pack my winter and fall clothes up and I bring my spring clothes out. Mm. She said, oh, really? I said, yeah. She's like, oh, I didn't know people did that. Is she I white? Asian. Mm-hmm. But I said, I didn't know people didn't do it. So I was confused. And she was confused. And we were just both confused. And I was like, yeah, hon. I pack my winter and summer clothes. I mean, you know, when, you know, fall clothes up and bring out the other ones. But and she, I said, well, how do you do it? She said, I just keep everything in the closet. She was like, you must have a really big closet. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> but I just had the totes. 
I don't know. I didn't know people didn't do that. Yeah, and I think it's for mostly for people who... Now, I don't know. I can say for me, because I learned this from my mother, because we did it when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because you don't have enough room to keep both sets. Right. Right? So Same. you have to pack it up. And I think people are always shocked when you don't have, when you have more than one of something. Maybe. Because they always yeah. feel like, oh, well, you must have a large wardrobe. Well, I feel like I have the uh, normal amount. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. I don't want to wear the same thing over and over again. <laughs> I'm just like, I had no idea other people didn't do that. Because I've been doing it since I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just some, what we do. Yeah, but I do know people who don't do that. Because have you ever noticed sometimes coworkers who wear shit year round? Girl, no, I don't pay that much attention. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> I do not pay that much attention yeah, to anybody. Yeah, they, they wear year-round, like, it may be a spring-summer dress, but they'll put, like, a turtleneck under oh, it or something I have like seen that. that. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I have seen that. I have. Okay. Or they'll wear short sleeves year-round or shorts year-round or something like that, you know? Okay. So, huh. for some people, yeah. Okay. Huh, I learned something. Learn something new every day. Every day. Every <laughs> day. Okay, guys, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the industry rundown because I have a lot to go over today. Okay, okay. let's get into it. All right, guys, it's time for the industry rundown. It's time for the industry rundown. All right, guys, so my first story is coming from Variety, and it states Prince Henry um, to partner with Oprah on Apple TV Plus for mental health series. Hmm. Right. So the article goes on to state, Britain's Prince Harry has announced that he is partnered with Oprah Winfrey on mental health series for Apple TV Plus. The announcement said the pair has been developing a multi-part documentary series for several months. The series will focus on both mental health and mental well-being with the intention to inspire its audience to engage in honest conversations about the challenges each of us faces and how to deal with them. The title for the series has not yet been created, um, so I'm sure within the next few months, once it's finished, there'll be another um, announcement for that. But Brittany, did you have any comments on this? Because when I saw this pairing, Prince Henry and Oprah, I thought it was a little odd in my, you know, in mental health. It was just like, what, what, what? So I'm just curious to see how this series will come together if I will watch it because, again, it's going to be on Apple TV Plus and I don't think I'm going to subscribe. So it's another freaking service to watch. I don't know. (laughs) I'm still questioning um, Oprah's involvement with Apple TV Mm -hmm. because... Now, maybe it's because... I don't know. This is just my thinking. Maybe she's involved with Apple TV to get a broader audience. So, like, bringing in someone like Prince Harry to discuss someone's mental health is bringing in a quote-unquote white audience. Like, I don't feel like OWN is a white network. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's programming caters to that demographic. Mm-hmm. So, maybe this is just her way of including or bringing into the fold... Um, another part of the population I, I don't know I don't know any of Prince Harry's initiative so maybe in Britain or worldwide he has a mental health initiative or mm-hmm. component that he works on so this right. may make better sense mm-hmm. I don't know that um, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I, yeah, exactly. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. So that's why I kind of went to, you know, report and see what you guys thought about it. Um, Also, like what you, you know, think that the series may be about. Um, Were you a little like sideways when you saw the headline? Because um, it has been circulating for the past week, but I did want to bring it up on the show just to say um, I was confused with it too because I just didn't know or curious, I would say, yeah. um, as to the content and what they're going to talk about and what the series is. So Yeah, we'll yeah. see. So, yeah. uh, and when y'all, because Antoinette and I have both made it pretty clear that we're not getting Apple Plus. No, I mean, what's the... I'm unless talk more about that in a minute, but unless it's something very Jesus. like unless Beyonce has something on there, <laughs> I'm not getting it. So y'all let us know what this Oprah and Prince Harry thing is is gonna be all about because right. I'm not getting it's it. Not I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to save my coins for the Disney. Um Oh, coming up. Okay. Oh, yeah, yes. that's coming up later on. Let's, okay. okay, let me keep going. All right, guys. Okay, the next one, speaking of streaming and cable and everything else going on. So T-Mobile unveils its 300-channel TV service, saying its attack on big cable TV has yet to begin. Uh, what? Girl, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Let me keep going. What? All right, this article is actually brought to you guys by Yahoo.com, and it states that T-Mobile's T-Vision service can appeal to customers who love what they get from cable but want more flexibility. The service costs $90 for, for the channels plus $10 for each set-top box to connect to your TV. The service also includes many features that cable for providers charge extra for, like built-in DVR with one terabyte of storage with some 4K resolution programming. The T-Mobile set-top box whew, will also allow customers to add subscriptions to premium channels like HBO, Showtime, as well as access online streaming apps such as Google's YouTube, Amazon, Amazon Prime, and coming soon, Netflix. The service will be available April 14th in metropolitan areas um, of Chicago, Dallas, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. So, (laughs) my thoughts on this. And Brittany, I'm sure you're going to think the same thing. What the hell? (laughs) I mean, okay. I could see if they were offering this at a substantially cheaper rate. Right. Ninety dollars right, right. is not cheap. So, so especially if we talk about adding premium services like HBO or Stars, then you start adding that other stuff on, and then you're going to have the same amount as a cable, cable bill. So yeah. So I think what they're trying to do is appeal to the cable customers, like, oh, we're cheaper than cable. How though? How, but they're not. How sis? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so then we lower our cable to $90, but we still have to pay for internet also on top of that, right? So you have to have the internet with this box so you can, can get the Netflix and the everything else that you know you want to add subscriptions to. And your price is going to go right back up to where it was with cable. And we can watch stuff live. This is not just streaming. That's what they say. That's what they say. They said live, I believe, te- local television news, kind of like how, you know, other package services, you can do the same, like television and local news and things like that. Um, what I found very interesting is that I could not get explicit details on exactly what you're going to see from this. Like the articles that I read were very vague and very, oh, this is, fl-, you know, like very oh, this is better than cable and people are going to love this and this is just something different. And so another way that they're trying to pitch this also is that for T-Mobile users, you will be able to stream this content on your phone at high resolutions um, when the 5G network is unveiled, which it has not unveiled yet, I don't believe, to the masses. 
of everyone as of yet. So yeah, T-Mobile and the 300 channels of something that's going to be better than cable. I'm not seeing anything that's going to be better than cable. I mean, like you're saying, they're saying no hidden contracts, no annual fees, no exploding bills. Yeah. But everyone right now they're only game. so like if you look on their website they're only comparing pricing to direct tv so that's why i'm like this is not a cheaper alternative to cable cheaper alternative to cable is to pay for streaming exactly. apps like hulu right. or amazon Specific Prime. Ones, right that this you're just becoming a cable provider service yeah because i mean you're providing all the same programming cnn tbs you get mtv you get all those viacom networks right you get the disney channel mm-hmm. hgtv amc i don't know yeah i, I mean, mean that's I so, so the only and the interesting the interesting thing about this is that okay they're saying that they only want to go after cable customers and there's only a certain demographic that are going to be cable subscribers so how are you going to get those people to jump if they have not jumped from cable to streaming, what makes you think they're going to jump from cable to your new, you know, package deal? Especially considering at this point, streaming is still a cheaper alternative than getting cable. Exactly. Now, eventually it may not be that way, right. but as it stands up right now, you will do better with just having a streaming platform. Because a, another good thing about this is, um, or good about streaming, you can end your services with whatever app exactly. whenever you want yep. to. Yeah. Um, now they're saying they have no annual contracts, so that implies that you can stop your service at any time. But but you also have to pay for the box, which is ten dollars per month. So as long as that box is in your possession, I'm pretty sure you have to pay for that. So it's not an instant taint, you know. Right. So you're paying a hundred dollars a month plus you're ninety. Nine, plus, yeah. You're paying ninety dollars a month plus, for the cable mm-hmm. networks, and then you're paying ten dollars a month for your for the box. box. So you're spending a hundred dollars on cable versus what right. an additional fifty dollars for someone else. I I mean mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean try again. Exactly. That's how I felt. I felt. I mean, I figured you were going to feel the same way because I thought that what? Huh? How does this? Okay. Whatever. T-Mobile. Bless it. All right. I would say, okay, so it seems like probably the one other benefit that they have over cable providers is that you can, you probably only need one box. Right. And then it connects to the other TVs in your home. How the... I don't know. Because you would have to have like a kind of stick or something, like a Google Chrome, to be able to bing to those other televisions. Correct. It just says... You can connect to every TV in your home. No extra cables needed. And every TV in your home. I'm so I'm assuming you could do that with that one box. Hmm. We'll see how long this lasts. Who actually becomes subscribers. Yeah, I'll and, keep my eye on this. Because, yeah. um, yeah, I was just like, huh? Okay. okay. It's a lot of huh in here. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So, Brittany brought it up earlier, but I did want to give you guys an update on Disney+. Plus. So this is according to CNET.com. So the Disney Plus streaming service will be a competitor to streaming services such as Netflix. We all know that. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. It is a free adver- it's free of advertising and customers pay a monthly fee to access a vast library of Disney and Fox 
legacy content as well as new exclusive TV, movies, and documentaries. This service will be where all Disney family friendly, family friendly and much of the mass audience fair will live. For example, you will start seeing more Marvel content being pulled from streaming services such as Netflix. We already mm -hmm. saw that last year mm -hmm. around this time. Um, I forgot the name of the show, but it was canceled. The Punisher, Luke the Cage, Punisher, Luke Cage, right? Jessica Jones, right? All that's been pulled. right. So I told you guys why they were pulling that because Disney owns the the Marvel name. They mm -hmm. own all that live, you know, the content of it. So it's going to their streaming service, and they are going to create new series surrounding these same characters in the Disney form. Okay, mm -hmm. so. Um, Disney uh, will also be removing their classic movies such as Mulan, I would say Pocahontas, and their live action films like um, The Lion King when it is released in theaters um, mm -hmm. later this year. Mm -hmm. Instead of it going to like a Netflix or any other service, it will be only exclusively to Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. So it may also appear on Hulu possibly, but remember guys, Disney also owns a stake in Hulu. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, girl, they own a lot of stuff. Okay. So it, it's possible that you may see it there, but for the most part, the Lion King live action, if you don't see it in theaters, you will only see it on Disney Plus. Or unless you got the DVD. Meaning we won't see oh, it. Oh, yeah, on you the have streaming. to buy it. Yeah, yeah you okay, have to yeah. buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do people still buy DVDs? I mean, they make them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think people still buy DVDs. I stopped buying them. Me but. too. I was like, why? <laughs> well, I only have, if I, the movies that I've bought recently have been digital copies. You mean like you can download it, right? Yeah. From, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But are people even buying movies anymore? I haven't bought, I can't tell you the last movie I bought, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, so. All right, all right let me finish. I'm um, sorry. The story. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so launch for Disney Plus is set for later this year, November 12th. The timing is strategically smart. For one, Disney Plus can piggyback on the marketing of all its Disney's big budget films that will be released for the holiday season, mm -hmm. like Frozen 2, which mm -hmm. hits theaters November 22nd, and Star Wars episode, what is that, 11, will be released December 20th? Okay. Or 9, I don't know. I think it's uh, five whatever. minutes. Too whatever. Many, it's been too many goddamn Star Wars. It's been a while Wars. since I've had to read new, um, <laughs> Roman, Roman numerals. <laughs> they don't teach that anymore in school. They don't, I don't think they do cursive either. They're bringing it back though. They, they should because it's like how are you gonna sign your name? Exactly. Hmm. No. Yeah. Okay. People, come on. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So okay, the service will cost seven dollars per month or $70 a year, which undercuts Netflix's $13 monthly fee for its most popular plan in the U.S., which allows you to stream in two different devices simultaneously in HD. So Disney Plus pricing may rise as the service advances. So, of, of course. course. Right, and you won't be grandfathered in. I don't think you will be. That's of course. not how they roll no, 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 out no. here in these streaming Who streets. Who does that? The streaming streets. Um, the company also said it's likely to bundle Disney Plus with Hulu and ESPN Plus, Offering a discount if you subscribe to two or three of its streaming services. So, possibly, but... Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Will you be subscribed to Disney Plus? I'm definitely going to subscribe wow. to Disney Plus. Even though I don't have children or anything like that, mm -hmm. I am a fan, like, of all Disney movies. Uh -huh. And it will be great to... Because the plan is for them to have the entire vault on there. So, if you're saying that I can go back yes. and watch... Cinderella or Aladdin, like uh, I'm still Cinderella. going to watch that as an adult. Mm -hmm. On top of, I was um, fans of 
Luke Cage and Jessica Jones on Netflix. So if they're going to continue that series on it, I'm definitely going to watch um, if all of the Marvel films are going to be on yeah, there, like yeah. Black Panther mm-hmm. or the Avengers, yep. then I'm going to watch. I think it's worth it. At this point, $7 is not a budget breaker. No, it isn't. Um, no. So bad. I will be signing up for it. Nice. For sure. Awesome. What about you? Um, no. No. Mm, <laughs> I don't see why. I, I'm not a Marvel head. If I think I was into Marvel as much i love the disney classics but, but not enough for you to not watch enough it. for me to not, write okay. to really sign up like ah disney no Mm-mm. yeah i no. think i would just for yeah okay so i i will say this in order for them to keep me there will have to be some other original programming that's not so much disney-esque and by that I mean not something animated, not something geared for kids, and not Marvel. Hmm. You know, something else. Okay. I- I'm sure it's possible. They have so much money and, you know, resources. We'll they have National Geographic on there and stuff. So well, no, I mean like an adult comedy or something, which do you think that's likely to happen? Disney no. adult comedy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. Or maybe I'll just get it for like a couple of months and watch all my movies and feel like, oh, I had a great trip down memory lane. Yeah. And I'm off. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. So that's great. Um, Okay, guys. So my last story, not to bore you guys, but I thought this (laughs) stuff was pretty cool. So Lionsgate jump starts Howard University programs to bring more diversity into Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. So according to Deadline, students at Howard University in D.C. are getting a chance to learn the entertainment business through paid internship program. Oh, <laughs> well, shit. I wish that was around when I was there. I know. I know. I thought of you. I was like, mm, come on, baby. Oh, come on. I know. I know. But, you know, diversity's in now. <laughs> Lionsgate is the first entertainment company to join forces with Howard University to start an educational institution program that allows 6 to 12 students to learn filmmaking and television business. This particular program was launched by UCLA's Anderson School of Management. The idea for this came from Sean Camilla Harris, who is a Howard University alumni, and mentioned to Lionsgate that intern programs with higher education could increase diversity across the entertainment business. In a statement to Deadline, Howard University President Wayne A.I. Frederick stated, "I applaud our present, our partner at, our, uh, I applaud our partners at Lionsgate for building a bridge for from higher education to the workplace, which will help diversity in Hollywood behind the camera to create a new generation of executives." Lionsgate and UCLA hope to bring this program to include other HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. for those of you who do not know um sorry i lost my place um and women's colleges to give students who normally don't have a chance to pipeline into the industry they are hoping to have other studios networks and production companies join this program to help diversifying the ranks in hollywood that's awesome i think that's a great i think this is a great program yes i do too and i wanted to end like industry rundown with that story because this is exactly what we've been talking about on the show for the past year about how mm-hmm. we need to um, be able to have that um, inclusion mm-hmm. and those opportunities that other universities have at these big studios to be able to, you know, get internships and meet the right people, network with these people, you know, um, 
just be around the environment just to, to learn the business at a younger age to be able to excel and become those executives so we don't have these end of the pipeline issues where people are trying right. to figure out why you know something's coming across it as a negative way or representation is not right you can have someone in the room that says well this is what's going on this is what we need to change yeah i mean i think this is a good look the school of c is um probably one of the better schools of communication mm -hmm. um that i've known of for i would say for people of color mm -hmm. um and they have that big um career fair for entertainment that's how i got my internship at um mtv Very one cool. summer and i mean they really do a lot to ensure that their students have access to not just um people in the local area or companies in the local area mm -hmm. but these big name networks as well so this is just another um accolade for them and i'm i'm, I'm excited yeah. i'm excited for the students who are going to be participants of it and mm -hmm. i'm excited for what this does uh for the brand of the school of c and howard yes um, and bringing in um more film talent yeah bringing mm -hmm. in a whole crop of students who yes. want to attend howard because of specifically because of this program mm -hmm. and, and so yeah, I think it's a good look. I think it's very dope. And I think that a lot of young kids, like what's funny is that um, I know a lot of parents ask their children, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And a lot of them say, YouTube, like you said it before, YouTubers or this mm -hmm. and the third. So basically content creators. And so where do content creators go? Yes, you can be on YouTube. You can have your platform there. But also if you want to go to school and get a higher education and move on to, you know, making movies in Hollywood and or whatever, being executive, this is a great opportunity for those to come in and be a young crop within programs just like this and i'm sure more are going to come so i'm super excited definitely wish they had more things like this when we were in school but you know at least the next generation and or the one after is going to be able to you know benefit from this so i'm happy that steps are being made in the right direction for more diversity and inclusion with the higher ranks in hollywood so yeah. dope very very dope yeah Yep, guys. And on that note, um, I am finished with Interesting Rundown. Thank All you very right. much. Thank you. Yeah. Innovative, creative, overall black excellence. It's time for the spotlight. you guys we're back and it's time for the spotlight and this week i am honoring dime davis dime? oh gosh yes. i love her you like her yes. okay good 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 <laughs> so dime davis is a filmmaker writer and director she is from the great state of texas mm -hmm. as am i so of course i have an affinity toward her <laughs> but um She's directed shorts, music videos, web series, um, interactive projects and commercials. Um, she has written a couple of episodes, written and directed a couple of episodes of The Shy. She's mm -hmm. directed a couple of episodes for Boomerang. Um, so her goal in life is to tell authentic, thought-provoking stories featuring female and minority faces. And I will say that she has definitely aligned herself um, with people like Lena Waithe in order to tell those types of stories. So mm -hmm. she brings 
um, an interesting eye to um, anything that she directs. Um, yes. And so I'm excited. She's young, you know, again, more notably, she um, works a lot with Lena. Mm-hmm. So they have a, a friendship and a, and a um, working relationship. And so the work that she has done on the shot and as well as Boomerang um, are just some of the great things that we've already seen from her. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're hoping to see more of her in in the future. We know that Lena Waithe has just gotten a, um, the green lights for a new series mm-hmm. on BET. So I'm pretty sure Dime will be a part of that as well. I don't want to overstep, but I'm assuming that she will. I, yeah, um, I mean, <clears throat> I would be surprised if she wasn't a part of that project. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> she does have a short that she's won an award for. Um, it's called Sugar. Okay, so she has a short on her website, www.domdavis.com for um, her short film, Sugar. And in that film, um, it stars Wendy Raquel Robinson. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Very and cool. it's about a mother and daughter and dealing with um, Alzheimer's. Mm. So check out some of Dom's work yeah. on her website. Um, we're excited to see her name pop up in credits whenever yeah. we can. Um, Very familiar. I love her on... Um instagram i follow her on yes instagram. her photographs are just amazing yes just... again anything in spotlight we're highlighting um dope talent black women talent black creators and she's definitely one of the ones who are changing mm-hmm. the game yeah definitely so dom davis is our spotlight for the week oh that was a pleasant surprise thank Yay! you for that, that exciting <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about two films. Yes. One first, Guava Island. Okay. Now, if you haven't heard about Guava Island and you ain't seen it, then you didn't missed it. Um. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Unless you got Amazon Prime. <laughs> Unless you have Amazon Prime. Okay. So, Guava Island is about, on this island, on Guava Island, a local mu- musician is determined to throw a festival for an overworked community so that everybody can have a nice and relaxing, joy- enjoyable day. Um, it's been dubbed as a tropical thriller, but it's really not. And oh. we'll get into that yeah, later. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the director of this um, short film, because and I say short because it's only 55 minutes, um, mm-hmm. is Hero Mirai. And Hero works um, a lot with Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the director for This Is America video directed several episodes of um, Atlanta. Atlanta so mm-hmm. Hero and okay. Donald work really well together nice. um, it stars Donald Glover as um, the protagonist Denny Rihanna plays his girlfriend Coffee um, Letitia Wright is also in it um, she has a small role as Coffee's friend mm-hmm. um Stephen Glover, Donald's brother, is the screenwriter for this film. 
it was shot four weeks in Cuba and you definitely see all those aesthetics of Cuba and the Caribbean in this whole film. Okay. So that was great to see. Um, so far on Amazon Prime, it has a 4.7 out of 5 stars. So people really enjoyed it. Now, this film has been somewhat, and I don't know why, shrouded in secrecy because Donald Glover released some visuals with him and Rihanna, I would say a year, a year ago. ago. Yep. And so <laughs> everyone is was wondering, okay, well, what is this project right. that they're working on? Right, yeah. And we big, never big, heard anything hush, else hush, secret, secret. about it, mm -hmm. right? And Very then so. all of a sudden, we get, when did this happen? We probably got promo for Guava Island on Thursday or Friday. It premiered, so Donald Glover is the actor, director, writer. And then his musical talent part is Childish Gambino. Right. Childish Gambino was a um, headliner for Coachella mm -hmm. on Saturday. The movie... He's a headliner? Friday. He was on there for Friday. So the movie premiered at Coachella right. Thursday night. And then Friday, it premiered to the masses for free for the whole weekend. You could have watched it on Prime even without a subscription, you could have watched it. Or you could see, have seen it on YouTube. Is that true? I don't know about I don't YouTube. think so. I think it was just it Prime. It was you know, Saturday until 6 p.m. East Coast time. Wait, so you can only see it um, on Amazon Prime for free without a subscription this past weekend. So if you yeah. missed it and you don't have Amazon Prime, then you missed it. Yeah, you, and I tried, like, ha sorry. <clears throat> you I tried to. Yeah, I didn't um, hack anything, guys. Yeah. But I did try to watch it for free and I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, um, it was shrouded in the secrecy. And then on top of this huge um, deadline in which you needed to watch it, and then yes. it would be taken away. It was kind of like, like, I think it brought up this hype of like, oh, this is going to be good. First, we got Donald Glover and Rihanna. Like, oh, this is about to be bomb, right? Ain't wrong. Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. Okay. And let me tell you why I hated it. Again, I thought it was very beautifully shot. Um, again, they were in Cuba. They'd done it for four weeks. And so, of course, Cuba is a beautiful island. So mm -hmm. you get to see all of the aesthetic pleasings of um, that whole island and its people. There were a lot of um, <coughs> Cubans in the, in the film as well. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So that was all cool to see. And I also like the look of the film. It looked as if they shot it on film and it wasn't digital because it had that grainy 35 millimeter film. Yeah. And it was just fun to look at. Like I said, aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. <sighs> However, this is not a movie. It was just a long ass video. <laughs> oh. Because Denny, played by Donald Glover, is this musician who is well known in the island but the islanders are overworked um, and they are um, under the thumb of this powerful, um, wealthy family who like runs everything. So mm -hmm. it's, it appears as if this, if the people on the island work seven days a week for this family to export this rare silk that's on this island, right? Mm -hmm. So Denny is the musician and he also works at the docks for this family. And his goal is just to have this festival in which people are relaxing and enjoying themselves. And then the um, 
villain or I would say the antagonist in this film doesn't want him to perform on to hold this festival because if he holds this festival on Saturday night, people are not going to show up to work on Sunday. That was the whole reason why this man did not want him to have this festival. Ultimately, I'm going to just give you the plot, you guys, because that's it. Ultimately, this man lost his life. Denny, the protagonist, was killed because he went on and performed anyway. But when I say it's just a long-ass music video, it's just a long-ass music video. It starts with music. He does This Is in America um, when he... Seriously? Mm-hmm. He, it's, it's a musical thriller. Or I don't know why they keep calling it a thriller because there's nothing thrilling about it. He starts with a song I can't even remember. But there are all those songs that we've already heard, like Summertime and... Um, oh. This is America. Like his album was a soundtrack to this movie. Yes. Got it. That's what it was. And then um, it's just, yeah, like I said, it was a long music video. And if if it had just been promoted as just like, um, because I don't know what they called that genre like um it's what, too short to be a short but too long to i mean yeah Yeah, but like what do they call that like what um beyonce did for lemonade it's not considered a film it's called something i don't know i thought it was a film <clears throat> it's called or, i don't know uh, it's like in a different something but this just should have been called that because if we're talking about film the dialogue was empty and the plot was too simple for it to convey whatever heavy theme that it wanted it to, you know, um, convey, which is, you know, stand up against evil tyranny at all costs. Um, and that is better to, for the community, if you stand up to this evil tyranny and that music can make the world better and it has the power to unite. I'm assuming that's what the theme of this short film was. Mm -hmm. But again, that is too much of a heavy theme to tackle in a musical 55 minute movie. Because again, there was very lack of dialogue, very much of lack of a plot and zero to no character development. In fact, Rihanna is in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was underutilized. Like her only point in this movie was to serve as Denny's muse. And there was nothing else interesting about her. Although we can kind of assume that she was more pragmatic than, you know, definitely than Denny. But there was no character development. So we didn't get to know her as a character. Um, mm. And she didn't even sing. Like, to me, it would have been better if they would have had a duet or she would have oh, done yeah, one of her songs cool. or something. But it was like, damn, you got Rihanna in here and then we ain't even going to sing. I think Rihanna said, I'm not singing no more for none of y'all. <laughs> but, but then why be, I, I just, I don't know. I just thought that this, again, as a music video or anthology or whatever, whatever it's called. Yeah, that's what I thought, anthology, whatever. Then, I don't know. okay. It was cute. It was fun. But if we're calling it a movie, it missed the mark. And it's sad because I think Donald, his brother Steven, and Hero, they make a good team on Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they create great work. But Guava Island just wasn't it. I'm sorry. Well, let's see what else they got to come. Because I think this is one of Donald's first feature-length um, tries. So we'll see what his next project will be. Because, you know, maybe he's only great at the 
short form content, things like that. Because some people have their specialties. That's true. And let me tell you another thing. This is my last thing about Guava Island and I'm moving on. So, of course, we are on an island. We're talking about the Caribbean. We're talking about West Indies. We're talking about people, the Cubans. Mm Mm-hmm. Why Donald Glover didn't have an accent? And, like, the times that he did have an accent, it would go in and out. It wasn't a consistent (laughs) accent. And that just bothered me. Like, how are we going to say you're about this island? Right. And you don't, you're not even going to pretend to have an accent? You ain't going to try to have an accent? Oh, that is funny. It's just like, oh. oh. So, do you know how long they shot this? Like, how many weeks it took them? Or what the whole process was? Four weeks. Four, okay. So... Yeah. Which really, it looked like it was done in two, okay. maybe. But so, yeah. okay. they must have been down at partying. Maybe, you know, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> for half of the weeks. But yeah, again, so, let me reiterate to you guys, if you're interested in watching Guava Island, mm-hmm. you need that Amazon Prime subscription. That's the only way you're going to be able to watch it at this point. Yeah. The free streaming of Guava Island is now over it is um so exclusively i tried (laughs) amazon prime yes okay all right so now we're going to move on to little 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 is about a woman who is transformed into her younger self Mm -hmm. at a point in her life when the pressures of adulthood become too much to bear so basically it's a body swapping movie body Mm -hmm. swapping comedy right um, the director of this film is Tina Gordon. She's also a writer. Mm-hmm. Tina is a writer for What Men Want. We talked about her when I um, reviewed that. Um, she also wrote Peoples, starring um, Carrie Washington. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Craig Robinson yeah. and um, Atlanta, or not Atlanta, ATL, mm-hmm. and then Drumline. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Tina Gordon is the director and writer. Also co-writer on this film is Tracy Oliver. And some of her credits include the up-and-coming film The Sun is also a star featuring Yara Shahidi. Oh, yeah. I saw um, the previews for that in the mm-hmm. movie theater. The up-and-coming series The First Wife's Club. She also right. was on a writer, mm-hmm, writer on The Girl's Trip, Survivor's Remorse. She wrote a bunch of episodes. And then she wrote on The Barbershop, The Next Cut. Okay. Very cool. Um so the film stars Regina Hall as Jordan Saunders, who was an executive producer, Issa Rae as April Williams, her assistant, Marseille Martin, which is little Jordan Sparks, who mm-hmm. also serves as an executive producer, the youngest executive producer yes. in Hollywood, in the game right mm-hmm. now. Um, also Luke James as Trevor. Yes. Um, and then just a fun fact, because you saw... You saw this movie, right? Yes, I did. Tracy Ellis Ross um, did the voiceover for the homegirl, um, the homegirl voice oh, system. That was seriously? her. Yeah, that is <laughs> now. I want to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, that was her. Um, oh, that is hilarious. The producers of this film, Will Packer. So this is a Will Packer film. Yes, um, it is. Mm-hmm. Kenya Barish. Mm-hmm. And um, James Lopez. So we have a minority producers on this film. Nice. The budget was twenty million. Mm-hmm. And the box office is opening weekend. It did fifteen point five million. Nice. So it came in number two behind Shazam. Mm-hmm. Um. So surprisingly, this film critically has not been getting good responses. It has a forty eight percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. but the audience score 
on Rotten Tomatoes for this film is 82%. Yes. And so I'm part of that 82%. I'm not really sure why critics are having a hard time liking this film. Me neither. Um, But I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny and I thought it was cute. And I love Marseille. I I thought she did excellent in the (laughs) film. Um, She definitely carried over it. And so one of my things about Marseille is she's crazy talented, but I thought maybe she would get typecast and she will always play this role of like a Diane in every single project that she does. Hmm. But that didn't really trans. She didn't really do that. So it was a different role. Yeah. So I saw some variance in her acting ability, which I loved. Um, So I'm not sure why the critics are not fans of this, but I mean, I am. Okay, so I think where the critics may have gotten a little wonky. Okay, so when I first saw the trailer of the movie and I saw the, all the promo for it, I was not excited. I was excited because Marcy Martin, Issa Rae, Regina Hall, all the black girl magic in the film, great. <laughs> but as far as going to go see it, no, I wasn't excited because I thought it was geared towards children. And I was like, okay, you know, it's going to be. And she kept referring to the big movie, um, Marseille Martin, when she was doing the promo run. As her. As um, her reference for this film or her inspiration, I would say, um, for the film. Which I think, okay, I'm going to let you finish, but I think that was probably problematic for her to say. It was. Because it's two different types of films. Exactly. Because for big, he was a little person that came big. So mm-hmm. everything that he saw was through the child's eyes, right, right through that lens. It was the reversal. Mm-hmm. And so I think people were kind of like, well, this doesn't go against the body swiping um, right. genre. Right. You're going against the rules. Right. And then it was also hard because, I don't know about you, yes, okay, so Jordan had a revelation throughout her um, child as little Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. But... She still was kind of like mean and yeah, hard and stuff like that. And I mean, it wasn't like a big transformation. No, it wasn't. And so, and so, but I didn't hate it. Like, I didn't think it was like, ugh. well, come on. I thought it was still. I thought it was cute and quirky. I thought it was very, I thought it was hilarious. First of all, I laughed through the whole freaking movie. Like, I really laughed the whole time. I laughed more than I thought that I would laugh. Yeah, I thought it was um, cute. Regina Hall maybe like she I want to see her in more comedies I yes w- because it, you know why because we love her and um uh oh my gosh what do we love Regina in scary movies of course yes scary Yo, movies she yes. made those movies she did she's she definitely did. she could definitely pack some um comedy I and, and Issa Rae I like and that and what, what's funny is that when we watched the movie um what was that uh the Hate You Give mm-hmm. and Issa Rae's performance in The Hate You Give. We hated it. We didn't like it yeah. at all. Yeah. But her performance in Little, I loved it. I did too. I think she needs to stick to comedies. She does. And you know what? I was, because I was, I was so scared for Me Issa too. in this film. I was, I was scared. Like, y'all I was y'all like, know girl. Issa ain't got the acting chops. <laughs> but, you know, she, she, she did. She did a good job. Good I think job. she did a good job. And Marcy Martin, she did an amazing job too. And I think that the thing again with the critics is that I think the film was geared as if it was a child film or a young adult film. And it honestly is there's a lot of adult content in this film. And I personally I wonder how parents, if you took your child to go see this movie, how did you feel being in a theater? 
I mean, because I was in a theater. I mean, I go at a certain time where the theater's not packed at all, and I like it because I like it very empty. Mm-hmm. But there was a mother in there with her young daughter, and they were laughing, you know, throughout the movie. But I wonder if the mother felt uncomfortable with certain parts of that film when it was being shown. Um, because it was very adult-like content. In it there. was. Especially with that scene where um, Luke... <laughs> Yeah, or so Luke funny. James came and, and he you was, can get it and yeah, all those, all references, those, all those and, references and it's get it like okay yeah. when he was uh, stripping and stuff yeah. and all those comments that she yeah. was making yeah that definitely took it away from mm-hmm. it being childlike it's rated PG-13 but then also on the other hand I was saying one of the things that didn't make it a child's movie was um so at first you thought maybe this was going to be a movie about bullying, but to me it was more about like when you're a child, you are your probably your most genuine self mm-hmm. yeah. and then you allow the world to change who you are and beat Absolutely. you up. And so because you learn your place to in conform. the world through other people's lens and how they mm-hmm. place you in these boxes. And right. that's what happened to Jordan. Like mm-hmm. she thought she should be this one way in order to gain control and be an authoritative figure over her life. And when actuality, she should have just been her own genuine, like silly, quirky, scientific, loving girl Mm -hmm. this whole time, instead of allowing other people to bully her. Right. Um, so I, cause at the beginning I was like, okay, I'm not really trying to watch a film about children and bullying and all that stuff. But like I say, it was more about like, don't ever let anybody, dim your black girl magic and mm-hmm. this film was all about black girl magic i mean there was not there was some love interest in there but there wasn't, it wasn't a focus on them there and wasn't was a love interest focus um it was all about development of yourself mm-hmm. um the girl who placed the spell on regina was black mm-hmm. the writers directors executive producers these are all black women mm-hmm. so it was very much um Sprinkle, yeah, over sprinkle with Black Girl Magic, and I'm I pretty much liked it. I liked yeah, it. I liked it too. And um, I would say to, to piggyback off of your your comment of the Black Girl Magic and how the men played a secondary role is like I love the fact that the men were like the background of the film; they were not the right. focus. And although they were, and they only appeared when they interacted with the women, right? Like they didn't just come out just for you know, hey, I'm here, you know, I'm a they they just only appeared when necessary, like the teacher. I'm right. glad that Regina's character did not go back and fall in love with him. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, because yeah. I could see that in other movies. I'm not going to say who in yeah. particular would have did that. But I could have seen that storyline being drawn out. But with, with this one, it was completely no. They shut it down. Yeah. It wasn't necessary. And that was that. Like, yeah, even Issa's love interest yeah. in, the, in the film was more about him, like, encouraging her mm-hmm. to... Um, you know, to stand up for herself and to pitch her ideas. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, that wasn't their motive. Their right. motive was not to gain the affection and attention of men. Mm-hmm. Um, that was beautiful. And one other thing I do want to know is that, did you notice the artwork in the film? I did. Okay, so I think, this is what I think. I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think the artist who did it name is Love is Wise. Okay. Um, and I'll show you her work on Instagram because... Um, Pull it up. Mm-hmm. That's like my screenshot. But yeah, Love is oh. Wise. That's her name on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She, um, I think the artwork that was behind Marseille Martin, I was trying to look this up, 
Um, but yeah, here's her work. But yeah, so it looks very familiar and it looked like that was possibly her work that was in the film itself. And I wanted to know if that was her artwork in there. And if so, amazing job. And, and on, on top of that, not only the artwork that was presented in the film, um, but also the music. Um, her. Oh, yeah. Her and then her? what's that other girl? The no she, name. No name. I <laughs> thought about you. Yes, her name. and then, um, oh, god. I don't know the other young lady's name. I'm pretty sure it's a lot of girl power music that was in there. It but is. I don't know the other girl's name. But there was some, I, yeah, I never heard her music before, but it was very, like, catchy and I loved it. Oh my gosh, I wish I knew this girl's name. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, not familiar. But yeah, so the soundtrack is probably hit and I wonder, um, do you have Spotify or anything? If they have I a do. soundtrack for it? Yeah, let me know if they yeah, have a soundtrack yeah, playlist. I will. Um and I'll have to listen to it again. Um but yeah, it was really dope. Um the wardrobe <laughs> was amazing. Um Whoever did the styling for that, I'm not sure. I don't have it on top of my head of who did that, but oh yeah, no, that was really good too. Um, just the overall, where was this based at? Atlanta, Atlanta. Oh, oh, right. oh Will Packer films are in Atlanta, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't you forget it. <laughs> don't you forget Atlanta. it, Atlanta. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So and and it made me feel good because I do know for a fact that Atlanta is about to is is. is the big well the, it's an up and coming big tech hub for black um tech people black tech yep yes yep so they're they're calling that that's the next big place to be at so if you're in tech and you're black and you're in atlanta you're the right spot and that only <laughs> made sense because that's what jordan her company was it was mm-hmm. a tech company yep, yep, so it was yep, good yep. to see her that story it made sense i'm glad yep. it made it made sense, sense. And that's all we ask for people make it make <laughs> sense <laughs> please yeah, so we liked little. We loved yes, it. And we did. Um, congratulations to those ladies because yes, it was she did an amazing job. Um I would say heavily promoted. It was. It was. It heavily really, promoted. And a so. lot of people bought out well, a lot of celebrities bought out uh theaters. Theaters. Like Regina Hall did one in DC, the Gallery Place movie theater today at four PM. She did it. Um, Adrienne Ballon, I believe she did one in L.A. Okay. They bought out theaters. A lot, they were challenging each other, celebrities, to buy out theaters and to get people, you know, to see the movie for free. I love it. So one day I'll get my coin and be able to do that. We can do, we can that. do that. We can have we like can a black that. and behind the scenes free screening. Yes, we're going to do it. We're claiming it. We're claiming it. it. Yes. <laughs> yes, guys. You don't have to come out and mingle with us and have fun at the movie theater. Yes. Yeah, but okay, so we definitely enjoyed Little. Uh huh. We definitely did not enjoy Guava Island. Oh, you didn't. And I believe so, you. I go off your opinion. So, so we're one for one this week. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's all I have for the spotlight today. Or that's all I have for a spoiler alert yes, today. Yes, I think we did pretty well. Yeah. Yay, that was a good show. Um, Do you have anything to plug? Um, Miss Black Girl Fern. Yes, I don't, do. but you. <laughs> yes, I don't. Do. I do not. But you guys can always catch um, my blog, mm-hmm. um, Black Girl Affirm. It's at www.blackgirl-affirm.com, mm-hmm. and my aim for that site is just to um, what it says in the title: to affirm Black women, to empower you, to inspire you. Mm-hmm. Um, every week, I have a printable affirmation for you to have. So, you know, it's some pretty decent content on there. It's amazing content. She's you... underselling herself, okay? Cause, because she had some articles, one that she did last week, that I was like, oh, girl, really? Oh, for real? I gotta try that out, okay? 
So if you guys um, are interested, again, it's Black Girl Affirm, www.blackgirl-affirm.com. Yes. And what about you? Um, yes. Yeah, so guys, I'm also on another show, Let's Be Clear Podcast. We actually switched over from SoundCloud over to YouTube. Oh. Um, that's where the show is at now. You'll okay. catch it over there. So if you go to YouTube.com and just search um, Let's Be Clear Podcast, the latest episode would appear and boom, you got us. So yeah. Check me out over there, too. I have something called um, Talking Tech with Antoinette. Um, and I'm currently developing a little online something, like a series or some type of live streaming where I go into tech information and latest in the technology world of what our community needs to know about what's going on out there and what to expect. But yeah, check me out over there, too. All right. Um, until next time, guys, you can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, at Black and Behind the Scenes. Please come out, support, like, comment, subscribe, everything. Everything. Um, and then you can follow our personal pages. Brittany, where can they find you? I'm at Brittany Khan. Awesome. And I am at Antoinette Tope. Like the color. And until next time, guys, we'll see you. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.